The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders, members, and contributors. Every week, your host, CEO of Two Small Men with Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, shines the light on a community to raise awareness of their leaders, members, and contributors. So together, we can create positive impact, inspire change, and help those in need of assistance at a grassroots level. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of The Community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. Stu, how you doing, my man? I am doing very well in these uh, unfamiliar uh, times. Yeah, no kidding. How, well, how, how, about, how about you, Ryan? I, I know we were talking before this, and uh, you're feeling it in the voice a little bit. So uh, yeah. how are you doing in, in, uh, health-wise and, and mentally? Well, not bad, man. You know, came, got back from Cabo on Sunday and came back, had a low-grade fever, persistent low-grade fever from Sunday all the way to Thursday, uh, bad cough, malaise. So feeling all the symptoms and um, went in yesterday to get the test. So we'll, we'll see uh, it, what, what the results come back as. But man, I've just been trying to take it easy, relax, lots of fluids, lots of rest. But, uh, you know, the show must go on, baby. The show must go on. So, um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we can't allow this to disrupt us too much. And uh, for myself, you know, I've, I've got the energy to continue to get out there and talk about community. So let's do that. I kind of feel like this takes you down to like a normal energy level. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's almost not fair the energy level that you operate at. So um, I'm, I'm on par. Our, with obviously, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, our, our thoughts are with you, pal, and um, hope for a that. quick recovery if that's what you got. Appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Uh, so today, you know, we want to talk about something in particular, which you know we're seeing a lot of these days. And again, COVID nineteen, in my opinion, in your opinion, we we need the community of big hearts here. Because COVID-19, it's spreading globally. We're feeling the impact in our communities. And we need to be aware of the panic and the hysteria that can change us from a community of big hearts where we're, we're all working together as one cohesive unit. We're now, we're a community of individuals looking out for ourselves. You know, how do we get back to that community-centric mentality um, where we get this individualistic approach to, to taking care of ourselves because hysteria is set in, panic is set in. And so we stop thinking about others. And instead of thinking about others, we think about ourselves, right? We see people going crazy for toilet paper, getting all the hand sanitizer they can, um, taking all the food off the shelves. You know, it's become very selfish, very self-interested. How do we get back to focusing on the community-centric mentality? Yeah, great, great question. And I've been asking myself the same question for the last couple of weeks. And I've been following this quite closely. Uh, with you know, one perspective is looking at it from the community side. Um, and th- this, what's happening right now is there's so much unfamiliarity in our lives. So many things that we used to be able to count on um, in our lives and it's, it's not there for us anymore. And in unfamiliar times, uh, you know better than, than most, Ryan, um, through your studies is that people start to have these irrational fears. It's the, the monkey part of our brain starts to think up, holy shit, what, what else can be happening? How bad can this get? I've never seen this before, you know, and you start picturing um, the worst case scenarios. Right. So uh, people react in all sorts of different irrational ways. Mm-hmm. Um, what, 
what I've been doing, what, what's been helping is trying to figure out, you know, what am I fearful of? Where do I feel some version of panic? And then trying to specifically identify what those things are. So if one, you can identify what you're specifically what the fears are. Mm-hmm. Then two, take that a step further. Take a look at each fear that you're having and figure out what can you do about it? Mm-hmm. If you can do something about it, then great, let's take some action. If you can't do something about it, then try to put it out of your mind. If there's nothing you can do about it, don't waste your energy in a time where there's lots to be, you know, somewhat fearful of, mm-hmm. where you can actually do something about. That's right. Third thing, if, if you can do something about this, then let's take some action. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots going on right now, right? Like, uh, just just a few days ago, we were really short on tests, and and companies, governments mobilized, and now they're finding the tests. They're doing something about it. Now we're starting to feel some control in that area. Um, you know, there's uh, containment. Trying to figure out this new world of uh, socially distancing, um, trying to not spread this too fast so that our healthcare can handle it. Um, there's there's lots of places where we're trying to figure out these things. Now, I'm not an expert in those areas. I'm starting to feel like one, all the reading I've been doing about it. But I, I'm leaving the doing of, of in those areas for the experts, the manufacturing, the scientists, the government policy, um, and, and in some ways being an armchair uh, uh, spectator. But um, more importantly, identifying the areas that we can uh, have some impact. We're now um, using interchangeably these terms, socially isolating mm-hmm. versus socially distancing. Mm-hmm. And, and what we have to do is distance ourselves so that we lessen the chance of spreading this disease. Mm-hmm. Um, isolating is a whole nother level. We have so much technology at our fingertips and finally we can use it for some good. That's right. uh, we can we can connect in ways that is better than just locking ourselves in a room and not communicating with anyone. Mm-hmm. In our previous podcasts, we've we've uh, talked about quite a bit on how unhealthy it can be to be lonely. Mm-hmm. So, in these unfamiliar times, we've got to figure out how to create that social connection, especially with the family in in our under our own roof. Right. Um, if, if we're lucky enough to have that, but also um, connecting with those in the outside world that we're not um, connecting with as much That's the people at work or your friends and families to go and have some beers and, and dinners with. Um, so, yeah, like that, that's kind of my thought process on it and that. trying to lessen my panic um, and trying to give a little bit of advice through my, my personal experience to others. This is an area I've spent, you know, a little a little bit of thought or a lot of thought on in terms of community in the last year, and especially recently understanding these new conditions, looking at it through the lens of, of community and, and trying to be uh, some form of expert in, in the community and helping in this way. This makes me feel like I have some control. Yes. It makes me feel better um, about the situation and, and allows me to not focus on just sheer panic where we're feeling out of control. It, it's, it's now giving me that control. I love that, man. I love that. And, and at the very beginning of this, 
you, when I asked how do we get back to the community centric mentality, you first looked at the root cause, which is your own fear, your own panic, your own hysteria, and you're starting to challenge your own fears, understand your own fears, because if you can't challenge or uh, get control of your own fears, then, you know, how much help are you going to be to others? And I love the fact that that was you trying to increase logic and almost decrease emotional response uh, at the very onset. So to get back to this community-centric mentality, you're essentially looking at first, how am I reacting? How am I feeling? Let me get control of myself first, and then let me move forward. And I don't think that's maybe what a lot of people did. I think with, with the hysteria and panic, it's exactly that. We're not thinking. It is the monkey brain. It's, oh my God, everyone's buying stuff. I need to go buy stuff too. And oh my God, you know, toilet paper. I got to go get toilet paper. They got two, I got to get three. You know, we're not thinking. And so that's what I love about the, your the, first piece of advice is just think. The, the toilet paper, it may be uh, the best example of irrationality. Mm. It, we're not going to the bathroom anymore than we used to. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, like, there's no more toilet paper being used in this world. And yet there's a run on toilet paper like we're, we're using 10 times more. Yeah. It, it, that part of it makes absolutely no sense. Um, so, yeah, there's this monkey brain acting and, and creating this um, yeah. panic and making decisions that we, we didn't used to. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I, I read a book called The Beginner's Guide to uh, Stoicism. Mm. or friendly beginner's guide to stoicism and 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 the principles in it um were just this you take a look at uh where you're spending your energy your fear uh, in particular and you identify whether you're you're being useful in putting energy in that area mm. um so it, it's really helping me right now kind of sort through this this madness i love that man i love that a lot and uh it's funny with all the surge in toilet paper sales i wonder how uh how well bidets are selling these days i don't know man you go go to amazon they sell out of bidets it's, if, if there's no toilet paper i'll get myself an attachable bidet i don't know about you but <laughs> i think i think japan is is uh i actually picked myself I, this is a total tangent but yeah uh after going to japan a couple of years ago i bought one because it nice. is truly uh uh a unique experience. It is. Um, anyway, yeah. I love it, man. I love it. So again, to get back to this community-centric mentality, there's a lot of things that we can do and, and certain things that you did mention where technology is such an enabler and it, it's enabling me, for example, to connect with people that I haven't connected with on, on a regular basis. Um, you know, communication, despite the fact that it's making the world a smaller place, I believe that it's also... Um, not, we're not doing our best at building relationships with using technology. So what I found myself doing this week to get back to community-centric mentality is the people who are feeling under the weather, I'm FaceTiming them. You know, I'm getting on a Google Hangout, I'm Skyping them, and, uh, you know, we're sitting on the phone for like half an hour. When have I ever done that? Never, because I'm so busy. I'm so busy, always on the go, 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 go. So this week has actually given me a great opportunity to connect with other people in my own community and um, again, just talk to them, see how they're doing, joke around, laugh around with them, you know, talk about old times. And uh, I really feel that that connection that I'm putting forth there with other people, it's lowering anxiety. 
It's, it's helping people to, to laugh, to get some perspective, to feel good. You know, I ended up getting a text message from uh, one of the friends that I, I uh, FaceTimed yesterday and they're like, Hey, I knew you, you're not doing well. They're like, but, uh, you just want to say, say thank you for giving me a call and the fact that your energy brought me up and I feel better now. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, a big part of, you know, how we can get back to the community-centric mentality is, you know, call, call your friends, call your neighbors, call people that maybe you haven't talked to in a long time and FaceTime, see how they're doing. Um, I think people now will be more, more apt to pick up their phone to talk than at any other point in time. Because like you said, you know, they're we're kind of isolated and, you know, you might have this feeling of loneliness. So I think people will be more welcoming to, you know, a friendly conversation. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, you have so many people now are not caught in that rat race mm, and, yes. and they're figuring out uh, what to do with their time. Mm-hmm. And it's really bringing me back to my childhood and, and teenage years where there wasn't this, uh, ubiquity of the internet um where I'm, I'm picking up the phone and calling people and they're answering uh and then we get into these like uh really deep conversations relative to you know just last month when it was you're rushing to get to your next thing mm-hmm. your next uh, engagement and it's it's so good to start to connect again like I once used to as a teenager, and I don't know if that's a reflection of my life or, or everybody in general, but I, I've just been so busy these last <laughs> number of years yeah. that um, yeah, it's so good to just connect on, on a more, what feels like a more human level. I agree. And then the other thing is just listening, like I'm sit, uh, in, I'm in the house, I'm working for my home office, I got my window open, and just hearing kids play on the street. Hmm. Like it, it's still winter here in Winnipeg, but mm-hmm. Uh, almost all day yesterday, there's kids on the street running around yelling, screaming. And it was just, uh, I, I don't think you hear that as much as, as you used to back when we were kids. You got more technology. Parents are sometimes opting for easier option, the iPad, whatever. Mm-hmm. Getting them outside now because you have to. They'll go absolutely stir crazy without right. school and some of the other activities, swimming and gymnastics and other things that my daughter's not doing anymore. Yeah. And we're trying to find ways to keep keep her busy. Of course. I love that. You know, it's funny. That uh, actually just reminded me um, of Lockdown by Richard Hedrick yesterday that you sent me. Uh, do you mind if I read that out here? Please. Yeah, please. I love that. So let me just read this out. It's a, it's a, a poem called Lockdown by Richard Hendrick. Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. Yes, there is panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But they say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across the empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of the family around them. They say that, uh, oh, let me see. They say that a hotel in west of Ireland is offering free meals and delivery to the house to the housebound. Today, a young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number through the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. Today, churches, synagogues, mosques, and temples are preparing to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, the weary. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. 
All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality, to how big we really are, to how little control we seem to have, to what really matters, to love. So we pray and we remember that yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be panic buying, but there does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be the disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death, but there can always be rebirth of love. Wake to the new choices you make as how to live today. Breathe, listen, behind the factory noises of your panic. The birds are singing again. The sky is clearing. Spring is coming. We are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul, and though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. I love that, man. I truly love that. It's a different perspective. And I got kind of get cold shivers when I read that out loud because it's just the words are so powerful. And it's a complete um, view of, yes, there might be death and panic, but let's also get some perspective. And I think that you get back to that when we come all the way back to what you said at the very beginning of this, of this episode, such as control your own fears, understand your own fears. Where are they coming from? There is a lot of good going on around us. You just have to open up your eyes and your ears to see it and hear it. And I love that poem as a reminder to us for that. Yeah, th thanks for reading that, Ryan. Uh, I got sent that yesterday um, at a perfect time in my day. I was catching up on some of the news. And, you know, it, it's not super positive news um, out there. Mm -hmm. But uh, this one really brightened my day. It reminded me that there's this um, positive future on our horizon. And then we can come out of this better than, than when we went into it. There's so many, even in this poem, pointing out some of the positive things, um, seeing communities come together in a tough time. This is a reminder of how important that is and how fragile our, our society can be. Uh, and I think that we've had it so good for so long. We, we have this uh, weird expectation that this will always be. Um, so reminders like this, really um, help me anyways, and hopefully others see that when we come together, we can overcome anything, And but we need to maintain that. Yes. So I hope that we can learn that these, um, these new kind of social interactions that we're having, ironically, in a closer way, mm -hmm. um, we're socially distanced but we're relying more on each other. And that reliance is that bond, that fabric of a community. So hopefully we can take those and, and learn from it and, and maintain those in a community. And, and we'll do our part here on the Community of Big Hearts. We'll continue to talk about this um, and, and try and uh, learn from those around us and then project those out to those who are willing to listen. It's beautiful. I, I love the... Thank you. I love the beginning of this poem and, and the ending of it. It just painted this beautiful serenity I agree. And, and helped give some perspective on this that like, you know, in China, they, they, they have this pollution problem, this air quality problem. And for the first time in, in well over a decade, they have clean air. Crazy. Um, these beautiful sunrises now, it, it, it really was quite a, a beautiful picture. And That's right. Uh, thoughts about that. Completely agree. Um, yeah, I yeah, love it. Man. One more thought here. Just trying to look at my notes here. 
yeah, and, and the other piece I wrote down was that um, helping others right now is so important. We have those that are high at risk. Um, we have the elderly, the autoimmune um, disorders, um, you know, diabetes, and some other conditions that are really susceptible um, or high mortality rate risk if they contract this. Right. That's just one one area where we can really help out, find out what they need. And if you're going to the grocery store, it's no extra sweat off your back to go pick up a few extra things for them and go drop it off for them, reducing their risk. And, and probably uh, just as important, making you feel good and useful in a time where you're left trying to figure out what to do with your time and purpose in your life. Mm-hmm. Helping others is going to give us a purpose in this, in this, uh, new time where we're trying to figure out our routines. So I, I really implore everybody to try and do more of this, helping your neighbors in a way that's safe, especially those in need. Completely agree. I've actually been very um, humbled by how many of my friends and neighbors have offered, uh, texted me, people that, that, that haven't texted me in a long time, like uh, they're, they're coming forward and saying, Hey, did you need anything? Did you want me to bring you Gatorade? Did you want me to bring you anything in particular? Did you want some Tylenol? And I just became overwhelmed with how many people were offering to bring, bring me stuff. And, uh, I'll tell you, man, that makes you feel really good. It makes you feel loved. And so I love that call to action to say, what can you do for your community? What can you do for your neighbors, for your family? For those who are in need, maybe it's somebody that you haven't introduced yourself to in your neighborhood and, you know, they are a little elderly. Um, if you're going to the grocery store and you're picking up something, go ask if they have a list that you can go in and, and do some shopping for them. You know, I think that's a great call to action. And uh, I know how good it makes me feel. And I'm sure it's going to make others feel good as well. So I love that, Stu. Really good takeaway. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, such a good time now to be spreading our message of community. These are perfect examples. When you take a look at how good you felt when people reached out to you, mm-hmm. how little effort it took from them oh. um, to do oh. something like this and the impact it has. And I would argue even that it gives them energy. Um, if we, we talk to the people who are doing, like, like myself, we, we bought some groceries for our neighbors who are elderly across the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, how good we felt about doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a win-win from both sides. So coming together in a time of need is the perfect time to be practicing this um, big hearts in our community. Completely agree, my man. Completely agree. That, my friend, is a fantastic episode. Again, thank you so much for joining us, everybody, on the community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. And uh, over the next little while, because um, you know our communities are facing this uh, threat of COVID-19, we are going to be doing uh, a number of episodes um, around COVID-19 and how we can maintain a community of big hearts in these trying times. And uh, we're going to have a few more themed episodes like this coming up as uh, Stu and I are both in lockdown and isolation, and uh, we're going to do these uh, interview style online. So again, Stu, thank you so much, man. You had so many great takeaways, and uh, I look forward to uh, the next episode we have. I have, I have one idea, Ryan. Uh, I would here. like to ask the, the listeners and the, the LinkedIn community, which we'll send this request out to, mm-hmm. please send me an email with anything that you are doing for others mm-hmm. in the community or others are doing for you. I, I, we'd like to pick a few of those, read them out, give others, give others ideas of how to better help in the community. 
Awesome. Um, so idea. you can send that to Stu, S-T-U, at twosmallmen.com. That's T-W-O, smallmen.com. Love Beautiful. to hear it, guys. Love it, Stu. Perfect. Thanks a lot, brother. Have a good All one, right. buddy. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. If you know someone in your community who is a leader doing great things and driving change, a contributor who is on a passionate mission to help their community through a nonprofit or a foundation, or a community member just doing their part to make their community a better place, please send Stu an email and let him know and maybe they can be featured on a future episode of The Community of Big Hearts. You can email Stu at Stu at twosmallmen.com. Again, that's Stu at twosmallmen.com. Thank you again for listening.